Uh, welcome, Isaac, to Tough Time Podcast. I, uh, I hope you're so happy to be here. I am so happy to be here, Daniel. The maiden voyage, uh, you know, figure out what exactly this is going to be about. Yes, this is going to be so much fun. It's going to be... It's gonna be an adventure for sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you stop sounding like a child. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm excited. Yeah. It's gonna be wonderful. Mm. So, I, uh, I have called you here because honestly, who better for the first guest than like my best friend of more than two years now? <laughs> Thank Cheers you. To that. Thank um, you. <laughs> you just sipping on that drink this entire time and talking it's, oh. it's wonderful i love it yeah so for those of you listening we've been uh we pre-gamed a little bit <laughs> as as the the boys call it uh, we went and are drinking some highly caffeinated drinks so we might be a little bit like all over the place hopefully the hot tub mail mellows us out yeah that's the whole point it's gonna it's, be great the hot tub mellows people out and they they have like way more interesting conversations in the hot tub mm-hmm. as a hot tub connoisseur myself i can i can testify mm-hmm. that is true scale from one to ten how would you rate this hot tub location vibe <laughs> uh, um you know i'd say this hot tub is a pretty solid eight okay. it's big it's always warm the bubbles were great when you bubbles Mm-hmm. I mean the jets. Wow. Yeah. The jets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's honestly in a pretty decent location. For uh, those of you listening, we are in Provo, USA. Freaking good old Utah. And we are right next to University Avenue, right next to the BYU Cougars football stadium. Woot! I, I could care less even though the, I am currently a student there. But don't let the administration hear you say that. Can I say, grew up uh, in Oklahoma, so boomer sooner. <laughs> I'm a local boy, bud. You can't insult us. Oh, yeah. So, Isaac, introduce yourself. Yes, I am Isaac Clark. I am Daniel's coolest friend, for sure. <laughs> Uh, I grew up here in good old Provo area, USA. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Um, uh, not much to go on that other than I'm a theater and history major, which is very fun. Getting not one, but two pointless degrees. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Especially with the job market crashing right now. Cheers. And today I'm here to talk with Daniel about whatever glorious thoughts pop into our heads while we're out here. Favorite books, favorite movies, favorite, I don't know, Mm. random haircuts we see online. I don't know. (laughs) I actually have a a question for you based on haircuts. Um, That guy, that guy had the wickedest beard seen he literally looked like Rasputin he had like long dark hair oh what <laughs> what's that dude the, the Russian sex wizard <laughs> that might be cut 
Uh, it's, a, it, it's valid to the times nowadays. Again, for those of you listening, we are like right next to a parking lot in this tub and some guy just drove past and completely like eyed us down. Like the long, like he had long dark hair and was freaking like, like a long dark beard. Literally looked like the, like the classic Rasputin look. Um, so, oh yeah. Question haircuts. about hair, yeah. Yeah, so, so I've been thinking about getting a haircut, mm-hmm. right? And then just like switch up the, the style. And you know what's really popular these days is to get like the big, I don't know what you would call it, like the, the big mohawk almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, almost like a faux hawk, but even short, no. short on the sides. Or yeah, so like, you know what I'm talking about. You get it short yeah, on the sides. Short on the sides. You side. keep the back long. You yep. keep the top long. You just push everything back. Yeah. But it's not like a mohawk, isn't? It? It's like a thin strip. It's the whole top of your head. A lot like Sokka. A lot like Sokka. Sokka. Yeah. You're going all the way back with the hair saying full compared mm-hmm. to stopping at that line in the yeah. middle of your head. You could think of uh you could think of like the you won't notice but the the OG Russell Westbrook haircut. Uh, is there where is? Oh yeah. Absolutely. So if you go out down here onto Canyon Okay. Okay. And then you turn, you're gonna see a Greek food truck mm-hmm. right there. I saw that. Right? Then the turn right past that, right at the light, on your right, turns into like a little parking lot. That's the visitor parking. Okay. They don't boot there until midnight. Okay. None of these. Nope. None of these. There is some visitor parking up here in front of the office, but it's dependent on hours, and I think we're past visitor hours. Yeah, it for, goes until the six. office. Until six. Until yeah. six. Oh. I mean, but you're, sure that, that one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to be here long, you probably can get away with parking in one of these spots because parking enforcement doesn't usually come in until like around 10. So if Between you want to risk it, $100. yeah, I understand that. <laughs> Nobody ever talks to us while we're in the hot tub until <laughs> the one time. Everyone yeah okay so your your haircut yeah so basically short on the sides mm-hmm. long in the top and the back just kind of mm-hmm. yeah yes i'm aware of that and i think you would actually look good with it uh maybe get a little bit more facial hair and maybe get a little longer on the top before you attempt it but i have to wait a little bit because the back needs to get longer yeah right now anyway but... yeah but i i I'd go for it actually. I was thinking I you did do one where you were short all the way around and left the top long a uh, couple couple months ago. Yep. Um actually that was just just after you got back from sales. So I think yeah, I think it would look pretty good on you. It'd look pretty sick. Sick. Cool. Yes. Here's my guy. No. Cheers. What do you hope this this podcast is like? What what, what are your dreams for it? <laughs> um, you know, there's there has been a lot of 
thought put towards like what the actual system would be to make this podcast like how it would look but not a lot of thought about like what's like motivating me I guess it's just I want to do something new mm-hmm. I want to try something new I really enjoy uh, podcasts like long form discussions about things mm-hmm. and I'm a bit of an idealist so I would would like to be able to like share my voice with the world and I'm also like pretty aware that I there's a lot of things that I don't that I don't know that I'm fairly ignorant in mm-hmm. and so I want to bring on people that like can can teach me things and I can have interesting conversations with mm-hmm. but uh, um yeah do you think there's anything that I could teach you any knowledge I can impart <laughs> upon you oh I'm I'm sure you you believe that there's a lot of things you could teach. Oh, I know for a fact there's a lot of things I could teach you. But is is there one that you think that that you're sure Isaac knows more on this subject than me? Oh, I mean, Isaac, you definitely know more about, like, books and movies. um, Okay. Literature. Than, than I do, than pretty much anyone I know does, except maybe like a film student. Yeah. So I, my question to you is, what are some of your favorite movies? Hey, favorite movies. Okay, well, that's a very hard question to ask any anybody that I'm loves aware. movies. That let me let me rephrase that. Yep. What are some of your, what's your favorite fantasy movie? Okay. Okay. And what is your favorite historical movie? Okay. So for favorite fantasy, you say fantasy and immediately Lord of the Rings pops into my head. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I associate fantasy heavily with books, heavily with epic adventures in worlds of magic. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings specifically. Two Towers. Okay. Two Towers. I'm a big fan of Two Towers, especially the extended edition. We get a lot of solo Merry and Pippin in that, and <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan. Who huge is fan. I, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody I know loves Merry and Pippin. They're never they're never anybody's favorite character that I know, but they're mine. Some now, of course, there's some other movies that stand apart in that. Um, one that you're quite aware of is Stardust. Okay, Stardust. I I have a soft spot for it. It's not the best film I've seen. Main girl does not have any eyebrows, and that's a little disconcerting. Um, but ride. Right about halfway through the movie, it takes like an epic turn. It, it revamps its soul. It revamps its spirit. Yes. And yes. it gives you motivation. It gives you... When the main character, Tristan, gets a haircut. Yes, that's it. That's the exact <laughs> moment. Of, speaking <laughs> of haircuts. <laughs> yes, speaking of haircuts. It's an, a very empowering plot point right there. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of... The stylish sea captain or sky captain. Yeah. Um, and then favorite historical movie. 
there are only two that like sit in my mind as amazing movies for like as historical pieces as pieces that like make that I just would sit down and watch over and over and over again and one of those is Tombstone okay yep Uh, big fan of Doc Holliday so and that's a great one a western about four men standing up against injustice and one of the first or I think the first organized crime group in the United States which were the the cowboys were their name it was Mm -hmm. uh, cowboys being rowdy and rough riders yeah yeah terrorizing people in fact actually it's interesting that you say rough riders because rough riders is the next movie uh following theodore roosevelt and a few other figures from history during the spanish-american war uh that's a much longer movie than tombstone Mm -hmm. much longer but amazing phenomenal you get different people's motivations behind it you see you see action but you also see the trauma that goes on because of this war and it's it's a masterpiece in my mind it's phenomenal you you care about it i think sam elliott though is in both of those movies and let's face it sam elliott is amazing without lip caterpillar All right, so let's let's jump back to Lord of the Rings really quick um, mm-hmm. before we talk about Tombstone. So, you say that you think of like magic mm-hmm. in a fantasy world. When it comes to fantasy worlds overall, though, Lord of the Rings, especially the books, like the book and the movies, really lacking in a lot of like grand displays of magic. So, talk talk me through that. Talk me like where where you get like a magical aspect. Okay, I mean, you think of wizard and you think Harry Potter, Dumbledore, Gandalf. True. And they rank supreme in your head as wizards and Mm -hmm. what a wizard is supposed to be. You also find that in Lord of the Rings, the magic is part of the world itself. It is a... I, I find a lot of, like, balance found in the magic that is found in Lord of the Rings. You have masters of good, healthy magic. You get Gandalf in that category. Then you get those that are in tune with the world around them that are, that actively work towards having like, making sure balance is in order. They, They may not be super large beings of good. I'm specifically talking about the elves here. Okay. As the elves will sit there and be like, hey, um, we're not going to join you. We're not going to fight alongside you. We're going to run through the woods and sing and dance and we'll heal Frodo when the time comes, but we're not big on the storming Mordor. Right. (laughs) And humans had their chance better move on before things get rough right we're dipping we're dipping we're dipping we're running across the ocean we're running across the ocean right and then you have entities of pure evil of darkness and a lot of these are creatures i mean uh shilob 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 yeah the spider the spider uh she 
definitely is an entity of magic. She's definitely, and I mean, in the books you get a lot of like Radagast, the mm-hmm. the brown, and him interacting with nature, and then feeling the turns in nature going darker instead of keeping that balance, keeping that healthy good mm-hmm. in the middle. And I mean through dragons to very strong magical beasts even in Lord of the Rings where I mean they may not be using spells but I mean fire breath just definitely is right and then you also have uh Saruman and uh Sauron Mm -hmm. so those are both extremely powerful magical entities too and they lean heavily to the dark side throwing making sure to tip that balance, making sure to give them an edge uh, in coming combat. So, while you may not have epic wizard duels where fire is being thrown around and they're calling down lightning all the time, and you do get those duels still. Like, they're more mild, especially in the books with, you know, Theater of the Mind playing heavily on those and all that, but you're still getting that sense of magic in there so i feel like lord of the rings you have to dig a little deeper you have to look just below the surface to find the magic whether that be the seeing stones or you know just uh uh, the horn that will call aid or do you think that that's some of the uh some of the appeal maybe of lord of the rings is that it it calls it for like some close examination for some close examination, yeah, I think it is. I think it is because if I were to go up to just some random person on the street and I was like, hey, do you want to look into this set of books that is super long, super word heavy? <laughs> yeah. Where there are songs in it that you have to read without a tune. You have to... Where there are songs in it that you have to translate. Yeah, from or from you have to translate. Yeah, to understand. Yeah, and you have to go through and you have to dissect this and you're following what is essentially, like, 50-year-old children as they're being escorted by angsty boys Yeah, to go throw a piece of jewelry in a volcano and Sounds literally like nobody time. else can do it. Sounds like a good time. Sign me up. <laughs> Honestly, I think... And, and explaining the history of wizards and how magic works and all that to them, they're not going to read it. I, I feel like you're not going to get people to do it, but if I sit them down and say, hey, do you want to sit down and watch an epic movie or read an epic book series about an unlikely hero willing to do something that nobody else can? You're going to get so many people to sign up for that. Right. That's basically every story out there ba- broken down into like its most basic form. But with Lord of the Rings especially, the way it eases you in, the way it's like, okay, here's the history of the world. Here's all you need to know about the world right, right away in the opening scenes of Lord of the Rings. Here's a peaceful little town that we're starting our story in. And here's how everything goes wrong. Hmm. You're going... People are going to get invested. They're going to get invested really fast. They did an amazing job making these movies. So, I think they're... 
I think that's a major appeal to it, and I think that's why a lot of people, at least more people that I know, have only seen the movies compared to reading the books. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, if you were to ask me, like, would I suggest Lord of the Rings to a lot of people I know? For the most part, yeah. But there's definitely a few people that I would never uh, suggest it to. I mean, we have... You know Hawken. He's our roommate. Uh, <laughs> I'd never suggest Lord of the Rings. Interesting. Man. I wouldn't suggest it. I would suggest something more along the lines of like... Narcos, of course. Narcos, yes. Uh, <laughs> something a little more a little more drama-fueled. Maybe, maybe. drama-fueled, but if I were to go comedy, I'd probably go with Brendan Fraser in Bedazzled. I'm throwing, I'm throwing movies like that at him. <laughs> I'm... He, he's it's definitely more of a lighter thing something that he could just kind of sit there and ignore for the most part right oh uh, so i i wanted to ask you mm-hmm. to expound a little bit on some of your thoughts about why why this idea of like digging deeper having to dig deeper to find some like meaning is so attractive to people as a whole. Don't I don't want to get too deep into that because that's pretty a pretty heavy philosophical philosophical topic. But just just give me your your basic thoughts. Okay, basic thought. First first few thoughts that pop into my head here. One, I have kind of two theories on this. Two mm-hmm. two separate theories. One, if you're ever eating a really good meal that you've never tried before you sit down you take one bite and it's really good and you're like oh my gosh this tastes amazing you're gonna finish the plate right gonna finish the plate and that's gonna fill you and it's gonna nourish you for a bit but then the next time you sit down and you eat it you're looking for something new with it you're looking for a little bit more you're trying an extra roll you're Right, adding something to it. Adding something to it, maybe put getting a little bit more gravy, you know. Maybe if it's like a soup, you're trying to dissect what ingredients go into it if you're at like a restaurant or something and trying to figure out, huh, could I make something this good at home? Could I do something like that? Um, and then my other theory is I feel like a lot of people are incomplete in their lives. They, they, they have some need to find something new, something... Something to help them feel fulfilled. Yeah, something... Right. Uh, especially if, like... Like, if you're just randomly working in, like, say, a warehouse, <laughs> and you are doing the exact same thing day in, day out, hour after hour, minute after minute, and you're you kind of hate it there. <laughs> you kind of hate it there. You're going to want to find something that you're able to learn more about, you're able to grow on, you're able to expound on. Right. I mean, if I didn't, if I wasn't allowed to listen to like podcasts and audiobooks while I was at work, I would, I would have lost my mind way quicker than I actually did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I feel like it's just people trying to find answers, trying to understand why mm. life is the way it is. And, trying to find those elements that apply to their lives in the story. Right. So, I mean, you almost might say that, like, consuming media, mm-hmm. movies, books, TV shows, mm-hmm. music, is 
partially like a coping method. Oh, 100%. And and then is also partially um, sort of like a method of self-discovery. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Um, I mean, everybody kind of, their first introduction into media is what their parents like. Like, I mean, yeah. I have a soft spot in my heart for bands like ACDC. Right. Uh, Rolling Stones, uh, old bands, because that's what my father would listen to when we were in the car. Yeah. You know me. I'm a huge musical fan. Love musicals. My mother would listen to musicals all the time while I was growing up. And we would listen to them in the car while we were driving around or going up to my grandma's house or something. Yeah, no, I understand that because, I mean, like, I can sing every every word of um, Annie's song by John Denver. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it here for you. but Please do. Please do. I beg of you. Um, copyright, my guy. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, I'll do that. But, but mostly because we, we played it a ton on road trips growing up. Yeah. And so it's, like, sort of a pivotal part of not only how, like, not only something like I grew up with, but also like how I see romantic relationships almost mm-hmm. is shaped by, and by some in some part by that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. And I mean, you know, I see my life like I'm the star of a movie. You, oh, you, yeah. you know, I see. I, I have. You have main you, character syndrome. You have a god complex bigger than most I know. Not the biggest, not the you know, biggest, though. Not but, the biggest, I know, but... But pretty high up there, but... That's because I spent most of, like... I never slept as a teenager. Like, from the age of 12 to 19, I didn't go to bed. I sat up late at night watching movies, and then after school... Like, while I was at school, and after school, I was with my friends and stuff talking about movies and talking about plays and books and all that fun stuff and then you so 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 like i developed a lot of my personality in those years based off of the media i would consume you you've seen the meme right of a guy walking out of the theater and the text on the bottom says me having watched the movie about to download the main character's complete character yeah. and use yeah, him yeah, as yeah, my yeah. main character for the next three weeks. Yeah, I don't that... <laughs> I never downloaded a main character. I do not believe I've ever downloaded a main character as my personality. It was always a comic relief character. Or the guy that died first in four movies. It go it's those two that I downloaded. Mm. So then I talk... said I, I've said it before, if our apartment were the teens out at the cabin and Jason were killing all of us. Yeah. Your survivor girl. Yes. Me and Jacob go out pretty quick. Me because me before anybody realizes there is a slasher. Jacob is the one that dies when you guys realize there's a slasher. And then Hawkins the jock that that, that eats it r- right when you guys think you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Survivor Girl because I'm an extremely humble audience, and I'm really just like the peak of human evolution to escape uh, threatening predators, you know? That flight instinct, really high. Not because you're a virgin. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding on that one. Ouch. (laughs) Ow. How could you do that to me on my own podcast? (laughs) 
<laughs> it was low hanging fruit. Really <laughs> you knew I had set myself up for that one. Um. So. Go, going wrapping back around to Tombstone. Mm -hmm. All right. So how did Tombstone help you? Sort of. How did it shape your character? Shape shape your personality. So who, who are you? Okay. Who who am I because of Tombstone? Yeah. What 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 has Tombstone made the great? Yeah, if it's your favorite, Clark. if it's your favorite movie, historical movie of all time, historical movie of all time, then there's got to be something there. Okay, so once I said once again, never downloaded the main character, either comic relief or like main sidekick dude. A lot of my character is shaped by Doc Holliday. In fact, actually, I'd say because of. Because of Tombstone, Tombstone is the way I view friendships. It's the way I have designed my loyalty to those around me and the people I care about. Um, the loyalty and friendship is a very powerful standout plot point throughout the movie. It's a recurring theme, and I mean, you see throughout the movie character Doc Holliday that I've referred mm -hmm. to before. He is the friend of uh, these three brothers that help bring order to Tombstone. Doc Holliday is a gambler. He is a drinker. He He's a partier. Right. Um, and pretty early on in the film these three brothers decide, decide kind of against their better judgment but knowing that it's the right thing to do uh, become the law in this town. They, they take up uh, the lawman's badge. And Doc Holliday does not join them as a deputy. He doesn't join them wearing a badge on his chest. But he will ride alongside them. He will join them in their fights. He right. will help them as help them get this evil, the, these, these lawbreakers out of their town. He's a ride or die. He's a ride or die. Um, and then, closer to the end of the film, closer to the end of the film, you have uh, the scene where Doc pretends to be sick so he can go and fight one of the main bad guys throughout the film, one of the main evil guys in a shootout that his friend was actually supposed to go. But Doc knew that he was the better shot. He was the better gunsman. He was the quicker draw. Right. And he tricks his friend to go out and shoot. And Doc eventually wins this duel between the guy. And that is when he had taken up the badge. That's when he go. He basically steals his friend's uh, badge, goes out and defeats this bad guy because he knows his friend couldn't. And his justification for it is, I don't have it. I don't have many friends. He he's my friend. I'm gonna do anything I can to help him, and I know I'm better at this than him. So that that I'd say that is my view of friendship. And I mean, I believe I've said it to you multiple multiple times that I'll do basically anything for you. I'll help you hide a body. I'll help you do. <laughs> Help you do anything. Don't you mean you've already helped me hit, hit a body? Hide a body? Yes, I have. I have. Um, yeah. Still haven't found him yet, so cheers. cheers. <laughs> I think 
think that's going to get cut. For legal reasons, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and I mean, you're, you're my best friend too, man. You're my best friend too. You're great. Yo, dap up. Dap up. Don't, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that to you. It makes you so mad. I hate, I hate the white folk here. <laughs> I hate my own people. <laughs> the deep burning passion. <laughs> For those of you listening, this man just did the, the whitest dap up where you just like high five and then you fist bump and nah, 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 nah. There will be none of that. There we go. Um, Alright, so we covered, we covered a pretty good series of topics there so far. I. Uh, Haircuts, haircuts, movies, movies, magic, friendship. Yeah, you know, if if this was the episode, uh, it's an episode of like Dragon Tales. Dragon, you know, Dragon Tales. I know Dragon Tales. There would be some nice little moral wrap up right here at the end, really just bring it all together. But that's not how this works. So I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, There in literature media in general there are a bunch of like specific types of characters Mm -hmm. creatures um that are pretty consistent what is your favorite of all of those favorite now is his favorite character type or favorite like magical creature man you hit me with whatever you want to hit okay i'm gonna hit you with i'm a big fan of the noble outlaw character Okay. Uh, a man that may play by his own rules, but his rules are still good. Gotcha. Still, still a, a noble gentleman. Uh, characters like Doc Holliday, of course. Um, of course. But I'm also throwing in characters such as um, Han Solo into that. I'm throwing characters like... Uh, I don't know his name. I'm spacing on his name, but he's in Thor. He's the swashbuckler dude in Thor. You mean the one that gets absolutely murked by Hela? Uh, yeah. The blonde one. Yeah, 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 with the... With the, the, the mustache? The mustache. Yeah, I have no idea who that is, but, like, I'm sure the people at home will, uh, will give us feedback on who that is. I mean, Tony Stark. Tony Stark, yeah. Tony Stark, Team Iron Man all the way. Um, his sacrifice was more important than Cap's. Um... <laughs> Sorry, that one. That one's kind of Isaac. Yeah, let's yeah, go. yeah. And then, um, I think that actually stems from my favorite creature, though. Okay. In, in media. Interesting. I think those actually, those characters come from my view on my favorite horror horror movie theme. My favorite uh, monster that goes bump in the night, which is a vampire. Okay. Big fan of those scary scary little beasts um because you know you get this aristocratic man locked up in his castle that play plays by his own rules does his own thing but i mean if you read is an outcast to society is an outcast for, to his, society. for his values and what he does yes but like you can still almost understand negotiate. him and negotiate with him yeah you can i mean you're not gonna negotiate very well with Frankenstein's monster. Right. Because society will reject him no matter what. You're you're going to be 
he's going to be scared away. He's going to be monster. I mean, and then the wolf man, the werewolf, the lycanthrope or whatever will show up and rip out your throat. Right. But the vampire, he'll talk to you if he's not hungry. So, <laughs> and you might be able to get like, hey, I have this thing that you need. I can help you do something. And he will collect servants to aid him in his cause, but... Interesting. But with the... With, and then, I mean, a lot of vampires... Dracula is looking for his lost love and stuff like that. So they have they have deeper personal human, almost, uh, motivations. motivations yeah. So if you, think, if you think the character would do well as a vampire then I like that character. <laughs> but let's put it that way. Cool. It's very fun. Very good. What about you? What, what's your favorite trope or character <laughs> or creature in cinema? In, in, in movies, in TV shows, and in books? <laughs> okay. So, um... Oh, so there's a bunch of things I am fans of in, in media, but one of the, one of the most consistent things I find myself drawn to is sort of the uh, the main character's redemptive arcs, mm-hmm. because every good every good main character is written to have a mistake. Yeah. Or to do something wrong. To show that they're really, truly human. Mm-hmm. They're not somehow above us. Yeah. I mean, Batman let the redhead fall. Uh, Frodo should come to the ring at Yeah, exactly. And, to, and I really like the sections of story where they redeem themselves or others redeem them or try to redeem them. Uh, this is going to be really nerdy, but... One of one of the more recent examples I, I really love is Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan. Ooh, that's a debatable topic right now, but okay. <laughs> because he's the main character. We can all agree on that. We can agree on that. We cannot agree on protagonist or antagonist, but we can agree on Right, and so that's and that's part of the that's part of like what I'm drawn to is the good word it's don't get distracted right now <laughs> the dichotomy between the good guys and the bad guys okay. and how the line can sometimes be really blurred and sometimes even feel like it's non-existent mm-hmm. a really good example is batman because to if you look at it legally, Batman is just as much of a criminal as any of the criminals he beats up. Oh, sometimes more. Sometimes he has more. so many counts of aggravated assault against yeah, him. Yeah, like... He has, like... I mean, being a vigilante itself, that's why the police department originally looks for him. Yes, but... But we always side with Batman in the stories because morally we feel like he's, he's right. Mm-hmm. Right? So, back to Aaron... Uh, Aaron is a character who it's very interesting to see because he started off as this really bright, youthful 
um, character who had a lot of trauma and we totally sided with his goals, right? He wants to wipe out any threat to him and his friends. Original threat taking the form of the Titans. Original threat taking the form of the Titans. Um, but over time, he finds more and more and more threats and more and more layers to to the threat. And he never changes his overall goal. He never changes his overall goal. He simply adjusts the parameters so that anything new that might might interfere with that goal gets included into it. Okay. And so, and now we're at the point in the end of the series, um, I'm going to spoil a little bit here because y'all have had years to catch up on this. Um, <laughs> and he's to the point where he is about to destroy most of humanity. Most of the world. Most, most, of, the... most of the world in the name of protecting the people that he cares about. Now, we see that as morally wrong, right? We don't necessarily, like, we agree with Aaron. But if you go back to the first season... His goal is still the same, and we agreed with his goal at the beginning. It's his methods now that are more questions. Right, but how was he going to do it? How was he going to achieve his goal of wiping out all the Titans originally? He was going to go out and kill them all by hand, or or figure out some other way to, to get rid of them, right? But we totally agreed with that. We were like, yeah, that's fine. Even to the point where he started to find that sometimes the other humans are threats. We agreed with him mm -hmm. that, hey, like sometimes you need to take out bad people. Mm -hmm. And I now, mean, now he, now we just don't agree with him. So some extent. people don't agree with him. Yes, and I, I am like solidly, probably on the middle of whether I agree with him or not. Um, but his goal hasn't changed, and this is a goal mm -hmm. that we all agreed with mm -hmm. two seasons, three seasons ago. Yeah, and now we don't. No. And so I, I find those, those spots where the character makes a mistake or doesn't change his mind or does change his mind it's the wrong thing or takes action and it turns out to be a, a huge problem um and then is redeemed or not redeemed as really interesting because it says something about humanity in a way and how we are able to overcome our own mistakes okay okay we we've talked about batman before yes earlier. uh so i have a question have you seen the Death in the Family story arc, the Jason Todd gets killed by the Joker story arc, where Jason is Todd becomes the after hood? he comes out? Is this when he comes back as Red Hood? Yeah, this is when he comes back as Red Hood. How yeah. do you feel about the Red Hood then? That's a really good question. Um, it's just fresh on my mind because it's my favorite Batman <laughs> thing, and we've said Batman so much yeah. tonight. So my take on the Red Hood is like I mean you look at it he stops crime a lot faster than Batman he drops the drug trade makes it so right. kids his, aren't being dealt his goals anymore are, his goals are the same he just has different methods of accomplishing them yeah I mean murder straight up is in that man's repertoire he drops bags full of yes but how much worse is that than, than dropping people off a building and breaking both their legs 
when you when you boil it down. Yeah. So I'm I'm just wondering on in your in my opinion, I think opinion. the Red Hood A is a really well written character, but I would actually find myself agreeing with him more than disagreeing with him. I like I said, I'm a bit of an idealist. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to say that because I would like to say that there's always a solution that both accomplishes the goal and is morally appropriate. But, you know, sometimes there's not. And sometimes, and and quite literally, it's sometimes it's the catch-22, the mm-hmm. famous saying where it, it doesn't matter which action you do, there's going to be bad consequences bad outcomes no matter what so you just have to choose goes very goes along very well with the no good deed goes unpunished kind of philosophy yeah, there the alphabet the alphabet the, the wicked witch of the west the wicked witch of the west once again musicals always popping up <laughs> that is one of the top tier musicals i love that musical deeply um it's just okay then then another question so, so if the Red Hood, a man that's murdering and bringing justice to the world around him, now that we're talking about musicals too, what's your opinion on somebody like Sweeney Todd, who, I'm gonna kind of break this down, put it in simple terms. He is a man that was wronged by the legal system, so a judge could kidnap his wife, yes. raise his kid, and send him to live on a ship for the rest of his life send him so, away for the rest of his life I'll, I'll be honest here I, I've not actually watched or listened to all of Sweeney Todd the musical before but from my understanding of the plot and, and I think this is where Sweeney Todd gets an automatic villain stamp from a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, versus someone like Batman the Red Hood Aaron Yeager um, because it is really clear that Sweeney Todd is doing everything he does though it may benefit people around him mm-hmm he is doing everything out of a sense of personal gain or personal vengeance. And somewhere, some somewhere along the path, most of humanity, at least Western culture, has been programmed to say it is okay to do things that are in the gray, mm-hmm. things that are, might be sketchy, maybe even some like actual bad things for a higher moral cause than it is to do it for personal gain or gratification. Okay. Okay. I I can see why... He, now, would you put a villain stamp on him automatically? I know a lot of people automatically do, and you said that a lot of people automatically do. But um, do you yourself? Because, I mean, if you break it down very simply, he feeds a neighborhood. Yes. He raises a kid. Yes. He gets rid of corruption in the judicial system. This man should run for mayor. And he run and he frees his daughter from uh, the clutches uh, of uh, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Yeah. The clutches of Alan Rickman. <laughs> uh, Alan Rickman, and uh, he helps a little sailor boy find the love of his life. <laughs> Overall, if you put it in that light. Does he have a net positive outcome? He has a good positive effect on the world around him. The fact that he's murdering a bunch of people in a barbershop and turning them into meat pies. Like, if we're overlooking genocide by Aaron Yeager, 
and murdering a bunch of drug dealers by the Red Hood. I mean, the argument could be made. Yes. For Todd. I think he. I think it definitely could be made. Um, I think it really just comes down to that motivation. Like, yeah, he 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 has a net positive on everything around him. I mean, Helen and Bottom Carter seems pretty into him. And <laughs> okay, so a good a good question, is, a good point to bring up with this is the corporate world. Okay. Okay. Um, large scale corporations, if not checked by certain legal. Uh, certain legislature, right, mm-hmm. could make a lot more money than they're already making. Yes. And that would turn into more jobs for the American public or the, the, the world, right? More money in everyone's hands. Removing child labor laws is probably the quickest way to do that. That's an extreme, but yes. Yeah, there's a lot of laws that they could be just done away with. But if, though, like child labor, if mm-hmm. that were to be done away with, mm-hmm. Right, we would all cry out. We're hurting the children. We're hurting the children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so we we all see that as morally wrong, despite the fact that it would probably. I'm not commenting specifically on child labor here because (laughs) I I would don't want to get slammed, but um, if we were to remove like certain lighter restrictions, um it is quite possible that the net outcome would be positive mm-hmm. but we wouldn't be willing to pay the cost okay that would be incurred okay i understand so that. you okay. you almost might boil it down back to batman the red hood aaron yeager um sweeney todd all of which are on my favorite character list by the way for that <laughs> noble outlaw <laughs> All um, of which are on that list. You, you might say that there is a certain social cost that no matter what the benefits, we are not willing to pay. We're at 50 minutes. Okay, nice. That's a good... Yeah, okay. I would agree that there are some social costs that we're not willing to make, that we're not willing to take. I mean... Right, like I, for one... No matter if even if I was running a big company, mm-hmm. would not be willing to get rid of child labor laws so that I can make more money, even if that meant I could pay all of my other workers more. Yeah, right. Or, or pay myself, or drop the minimum wage or, or draw, something like that yeah. to make yourself more money. You yes. wouldn't do that. Yeah, I would not be willing to do that because the social cost. Not just for myself, obviously, mm-hmm. but for the entire world, mm-hmm. would be greater than I would be willing to pay. Yeah, okay. Which is, it brings us back all the way around to Aaron Yeager. Um, we're seeing, obviously, as the show hits its final notes, mm-hmm. that Aaron is willing to pay the price to destroy everyone else besides his friends and loved ones, the people of, the people of Eldia. He is willing to pay that price. Yeah. Knowing probably that he he may well die doing that, but he thinks it's it's worthwhile. His Honest. friends, however, we are finding 
the friends that have stuck with him through thick and thin, we're finding are in fact not willing to pay that Bonnie, price. Jean, John, yeah, Jingleheimer Schmidt, Mikasa, uh, Aaron, Mikasa, Armin, Armin, yeah. I, uh, I mean, the only two that I think would stick with him all the way would be like, uh, died blonde dude, absolutely ate it when he didn't get eaten, or when uh, he wouldn't eat. Berthold. Spoilers. Oh, Irwin. Irwin. Yeah, Irwin. Irwin. Commander, Commander Commander Irwin. Irwin. And maybe arguments have been made that Pixis might have stayed on Eren's side through the whole thing. Yeah. But outside of those, I don't think there were any that I would argue would stick with Eren uh, through all of it. Yeah. But yeah. unlike Sweeney Todd, Eren's story is not yet done. No, no, and it so is not. so we cannot yet, like, fully create an opinion for him. Neither is Batman, neither is... Yes, which brings me all the way back around to the repeat. Mm-hmm. Is, can... The big question is, can we be redeemed? Can characters be redeemed? Therefore, mm-hmm. can we be redeemed? Mm-hmm. What does it take? Mm-hmm. And when are characters, when are people unredeemable completely? Hmm. I mean, I know you. You know me. Yeah, we're, we're we both pretty strongly believe that there's no point that you can't be redeemed. Yes. Um, it's gonna be difficult, and the farther you go, the harder it is. Yes. I mean, you know my stance on a few characters like Severus Snape, who I don't think got redeemed, who I don't think <laughs> right got which, there, which you and I disagree vehemently on. Yes, yes, we do, but. I just, I, 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 I just think Snape was horny the entire time. That's all I think. Um, but that doesn't mean that Severus he, fans feel free to flame him in the comments. I'm a Severus fan. I like him. Just, I wanted more from his story, and I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Um, but throughout, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that. I, I've made arguments for like Voldemort being able to have a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, there there's a line in. I think it's like the very end of the Half Blood Prince, where Hermione's like Horcruxes are awful, and once you damage your soul, there's only one way to uh, fix it. Yeah, and that is having regret. And penitence, penitence, and fe- feeling feeling true sorrow and the weight of what you've done, and it the pain the pain from that could almost kill you, but you'll be whole again. Yeah, they gave by that logic. By that logic, technically, technically, Voldemort could have survived, yeah. but. Or could have had a repentance, had a redemption. Arc. But because his motivations were extremely selfish, he didn't have it. He didn't choose that. Yeah, path. and he didn't choose that path. I, I think it comes down to choice when it comes down to that. And we like to root for a hero that's willing to make that choice. Now you can make arguments for the Red Hood that he didn't make that choice. He had the opportunity. He had the mm. opportunity to let Joker go. He had the opportunity to talk to. Batman and be like, hey, look, you hurt me when when you didn't take vengeance for me. 
But also I'm alive. But I'm alive and I recognize your morals to be sturdy. Right. Even even if it hurt me, even if I had to go through a lot of pain to do it, it worked out in the end. He, he, and he didn't have that. He didn't have that redemption, but he still did a lot of good. Good. Parentheses and fun little stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, I say very like using the term good loosely so I mean it, it you, you get the point you, you see where society needs to draw their lines draw their moral lines mm-hmm. on that you know I think that brings us all the way back around to the vampires I've used that phrase a lot because one of the, like the deep attractions to vampires is that they're so close to humanity mm-hmm. and their morals are often similar almost comparable that we see them as creatures that can be redeemed yes a and lot of the time I mean I mean you look, the, at, look at the Twilight series it's, a, it's not a great example of a good it, vampire be, but it is of oh these things could be redeemed yes there's, there's these vegan vampires yes exactly the, that are willing to put aside their bloodlust for humans, live off of wildlife, and fight to protect somebody that they have claimed as one of their own. Right. Fight, fight for the family, you know? And, yeah. I mean, that's very... Human. I was going to say Fast and Furious, but yes. <laughs> very Vin Diesel. <laughs> very Vin Diesel of them. Um, we love Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel's peak humanity. It's all about family. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> Those memes are the best. Uh, but yeah, no, I get maybe it. We never get another Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> you say that, but you would still go and watch it. <laughs> if if it were to come out, you'd still go and watch I'm still it. Still refuting that. Um, and then, um, but like, when it comes to the to things monsters we can empathize with and. I mean, I can argue that Aaron is a monster. That Batman physically appears as a monster. Well, yeah, I mean, like that's 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 very literal in that like, they yeah. show him as a monster because he's supposed to be a monster until you look he, at him at a deeper level. Yeah. So you you look at these things and you see them in media. You see them and you realize you want that. You want to have that. You want to see those characters grow and you empathize with them you see the good that comes from them so honestly overall i think we've covered some pretty good topics and back to haircuts i think you'd look good with with the head hawk i don't know what it's called i really don't know there's got to be there's got to be a name for it got to be a name we'll have to do research you can fill in the listeners on the next episode Um, thank you all for listening. If you got this far, got this far, uh, we will be most back. people did. Most people did. <laughs> next week, I will be back with my boy Alec. We'll be hitting some extremely interesting topics he has chosen ahead of time. Um, <laughs> should be quite a romp. Uh, thank you, Isaac, Anytime. for coming on. It was great. We will have you on again. I will have you on again when our studio is a little bit more luxurious. Yes.